of our praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What an opportunity we have when we come into the house of God. Amen. It's exactly what I'm speaking about this evening. We finished the last series that I was on until the Lord directs me to another one. We'll just go with what he gives me from week to week. But tonight, the title of my message is A Chance to Advance, Making the Most of Our Opportunity. How many of you that this evening you have an opportunity to grow in grace? You have an opportunity to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. You have an opportunity to be built up in the most high faith. You have an opportunity to have whatever situation you might be facing in life turned around. Because you've chosen to come into the presence of the Lord. Amen. So before we go any further, as always, go ahead and pray. Ask the Lord to anoint me. Again, I've been gone for a couple weeks. I apologize uh, for being away. But it was church business with the pastor. We were casting seeds for the future and where God wants to lead us with a new building. We're down in Texas. uh, Just learning all about what it takes to go where we want to go to prepare ourselves to do that. I thank Pastor Darrell for filling in. I know that the same anointing that falls on me falls on whoever else prepares themselves to stand behind this pulpit. I thank God for everyone that does that. So thank you, Pastor Darrell, and I thank you all for being here this evening. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we praise you for your faithfulness, and we do once again bless your name. It is the name which is above all names. That name, Father God, which when spoken gives us freedom, can give us health, can give us hope. In that name there is forgiveness, there's mercy, there's grace, there's strength, there's joy, there's peace. Everything we need can be found in the name and in the presence of Jesus Christ. So we thank you that you're here in our midst this evening. God, I just pray as always that you would anoint me, Lord God, as your servant to bring forth your word with clarity, with strength, with power, with wisdom, with truth. Father God, with passion even and with zeal. I pray that I wouldn't be boring, Lord God, and that it wouldn't be a labor for your people to receive. So I pray that you would open up their ears as well, give them hearts to listen, courage to receive. And then give us, Father God, the fortitude to just act upon what we've all received this evening. We bless your name and thank you for your presence and your spirit. In Jesus' name, all God's people said amen. Amen. Like I said, the message that we're going to be speaking on this evening is a chance to advance. It's taken or based on Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. I probably should have used a little uh, lighter of a, a font there for the text, but... We're going to go ahead and read Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your opportunity because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, God says, or you can even say, so don't be a fool, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the first thing that I want to focus on, and the first thing I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to understand, according to this passage, is that the will of the Lord is for each and every one of us to make the most of every opportunity that comes into our life. The reality is, if we don't make the most of those opportunities, God, not me, but God calls us foolish. Especially because the days are evil, the Bible says. One of the main reasons we're to make the most of the opportunities we have is because the days are evil. Because time is short and time is running out. Because you might not have the same chance tomorrow as you have today. Whether it's to get right with God or to make a decision you need to make or restore something that needs to be restored. You might not have that chance come tomorrow. That's why the Bible says today is the day to make things right. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the acceptable time to do the things we need to do, especially making the most of the opportunities that we have. Paul said, especially because of the days are evil. And when you look at the days and you look at the times we're in, it just lets us know that time is running out. It lets us know that the Lord is about to come and and exact judgment upon this earth. If we're ready, if we're prepared, if we're waiting and watching and we're right with God, we get to avoid that, take up in the rapture. And I praise God that he grants us that opportunity. But our opportunities here on earth will soon come to an end. And we need to make the most of those opportunities now. The reality is each and every day we have been granted 
and afforded opportunity. In every area of our life, we have been granted opportunity. Every time we wake up, God's given us another opportunity. He's given us another chance to advance. Not just in spiritual things, but in every area of our life, we've been granted opportunity, and we'd be fools not to make uh, take advantage of those opportunities. The word opportunity that the Lord uses here, Paul speaks it, but the Lord uses it. How many of you know any time you read Scripture, it's God speaking, not man? So God anoints Paul to speak these words. So God's the one that chose the word opportunity. I'm not going to get into all the Greek and the Hebrew. But the definition or the meaning of what God is saying here, opportunity is an appropriate or favorable time or occasion. Every day we've been given an appropriate or favorable time or occasion to do something that we might not otherwise have the opportunity to do. The word opportunity means a situation or condition favorable for attainment of a goal. I don't know about you, but I've got some goals for my life, both physically, financially, in my marriage, in my family, and in my ministry. And every single day, God affords me, church, a favorable condition to help attain and reach those goals. Because he cares about his people and he gives us and affords us those opportunities. Whether that opportunity is at work, whether it's at home, whether it's in your marriage or your job or in your finances, whether it's in your employment or in your employee, we have been given these opportunities. The word opportunity, final definition, is a good position, a good prospect, and a good chance to advance or succeed In every area of our life. And that's where the title of my message comes from. A chance to advance. Because the reality is, every single day, God gives every single one of us. Doesn't matter how rich we are or poor we are. Doesn't matter what color we are. Doesn't matter what side of the tracks we live on. Doesn't matter if we're young or old. It doesn't matter if we're a a mother or a father, a husband or a wife. Every single one of us have been afforded an opportunity, a chance to advance in every area of our life. We'd be silly not to take advantage of that. But the reality is a lot of people don't. A lot of people just let life pass them right by. They let life control them instead of them controlling life and making the most of the opportunity that they have. They're waiting around for their ship to come in, like Pastor said, and yet they've never launched it out. They've never made the most of the opportunities that they have. Every day, listen, church, we have an opportunity to advance our marriage in a positive way. We have an opportunity to advance as a husband or advance as a wife. We have an opportunity, church, to advance as a godly father or a godly mother. We have an opportunity every day. A favorable occasion has been afforded to us every day to say, I'm sorry, to say, forgive me. Or to offer forgiveness to someone else. Every day we're afforded the opportunity to make amends of something that we've messed up. Something that's going to rise. To to not allow bitterness to rise up within our life. To set someone free. To love someone. To care for someone. To wrap our arms around some. Every day we're afforded a special occasion to take advantage of those opportunities, church. Every day we're afforded a good chance To raise up a child in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. As a parent, every waking morning, every waking moment, every afternoon, every time our children come home from school, we have an opportunity to sow a blessing into their life. We have an opportunity to set them on the right path. We have an opportunity to do the things that we're called to do as Christian men and women, as Christian husbands and wives, as Christian moms and dads. Every single day we are afforded an opportunity or we are put into a good position, the definition means, to let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify who? Our Father, which is in heaven. Every day we're given that opportunity. Every time our alarm clock goes off, every time our eyes open up, every time the, the, the sun rises... And we have a chance to walk in that day. We've been afforded an opportunity to be everything that God has called us to be. And we'd be a fool, God said, to not take advantage of that chance to advance. This is what God calls us. Listen, the individual who does not take advantage of their opportunity 
to advance their marriage, to better their marriage, is a fool. Every individual that does not take advantage of, of their opportunity to better their household, to bless their sons or their daughters, to advance in their careers, to be a better employee, anyone who does not uh, take advantage of the opportunities they have, whether it's to extend their education, whether it's to, to learn more about the job that they have. I'm not just talking about spiritual things, but that's mainly what we're going to talk about tonight. Anyone who does not take the opportunity and take advantage of their chance to advance, God calls them foolish. And I don't want to be counted among the fools, and I know you don't either. So we need to learn what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in this passage, church. It's our chance to advance. He calls us foolish, especially when it comes to our opportunity to grow in Christ. He calls us foolish, especially when we do not, church, take the opportunity to grow in grace or in our knowledge with Jesus Christ, especially when the opportunity has to do with our walk with Him and our relationship with Him and our depths of consecration to Him. He especially calls us foolish when we don't take advantage of those opportunities, Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What does it profit a man to advance in business and lose his soul? What does it profit a man to advance in the eyes of this world and yet lose his soul in all eternity? What does it profit a man? Look, there is profit to advancing in the career, and you should do it. There is is something to advancing in your education, and you should do it. But if you do all of those things... And you do not advance in your walk with God. God calls you foolish. Because what does it profit you to advance in all the ways of the world, but not advance in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of grace, and the call God has placed upon our lives? This is who he's speaking to this morning. He wants to keep us from being foolish. He wants us to walk as wise men, the Bible says, not as unwise Making the most of every opportunity we have been given. Understand, above all the opportunities that we are granted each day, the greatest opportunity we have is to grow in Christ. The greatest opportunity we have is to grow closer to Jesus Christ. The greatest opportunities we have every day are spiritual opportunities to draw near to God, to seek Him while He may be found. Those are the greatest opportunities we have. And yet so often we find ourselves consumed with advancing in this world instead of advancing in the kingdom of God. And advancing in our relationship with Him and advancing in our faith and advancing in in our power and anointing. This is what God wants. And the reality is, the more you advance in those areas, the more God's going to bless you in the others. You see, the sad reality is, so many of us toil trying to advance our, our name. We try to, we toil trying to advance our kingdom. We toil trying to advance our business and all of our things. When if we would seek first the kingdom of God, when we would toil, church, when we would take advantage of our opportunity to build the kingdom of God first... Guess whose kingdom he's going to build in return? Yours and mine. It won't be as much of a struggle as it so often seems when we kind of leave God out and make him second priority in our life. Our greatest opportunity is to seek him while he might be found and to call upon him while he is near. You see, the reality is we don't we always need God. So understand what I'm about to say. We don't need God as much. When we don't need opportunity as much. Let's put it that way. We don't need opportunity as much when things are going great. We need opportunity when things are going bad. We need opportunity when the, when the devil seems to be wrapping in around us. We need opportunity when the sky grows dark and the doctor gives us a bad report and all hell seems to break loose in our life. That's especially when we need to make the most of our opportunity because in the middle of that darkness, it is an occasion for God to be great. It's an occasion for something powerful to happen in your life. And the reality is we'd rather grumble and complain and curse God and complain to God in the midst of our darkness instead of making the most of that opportunity to put our faith in God and trust in God and allow the power of God to move on our behalf. We'd rather be whiners than winners. 
And the reality is we cannot be winners unless we make the most of our opportunities. God's not looking for whiners. He's looking for someone that's going to rise up in the face of the enemy and say, guess what? Somewhere in this darkness, there's an opportunity. Somewhere in this situation, there's a chance for me to advance. This is what God is looking for, church. He's looking for someone that understands what's available to them. It's available to us. He's given us a chance to advance, especially as sons and his daughters, church. How many of you know that every time these doors open in the house of God, we're given a chance and we're given an opportunity? Because I'm shifting to spiritual things now. Because I know if we do this, God's going to take care of the rest. But every time these doors are open, we're given a chance to advance. Every time these doors are open, we are given an opportunity to come into the presence of God Himself. I think we don't understand that sometimes. Every time these doors are open, we've got an opportunity to come into the presence and company and light and fellowship of the Most High God, the Creator of the universe. And so often we stroll through those doors like we're meeting with some some earthly nobody. Tonight, listen, we are in the presence of Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nissi. We are in the presence of Jehovah Makedash. We are in the presence of the God who healeth thee. And we need to make the most of that opportunity. How silly we would be to walk into a doctor's office and not take advantage of everything we pay for. Everything we pay for. Oh, we come into the house of God and we don't take advantage of everything the good doctor has for us. How we rush in, we got our mind on Cracker Barrel, we got our mind on something else instead of getting our mind on the opportunity God has for us. When we begin to take advantage of those opportunities to worship, when we begin to take take the opportunity to, to pray and to praise and to sing and to dance and get a little bit excited, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, church. This is what the devil wants to do with us. He tries to throw all these other things in our life and in our way so we fail to take advantage of these opportunities. Because listen, the last thing the devil wants you to do, what, is advance. The last thing he wants you to do is find yourself seated in heavenly places. The last thing he wants to see you do is move up into ministry. The last thing he wants to see you do is begin to operate under the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. So he'll cause you to sit idle. Bring all this junk into your life. So that you're just a waste of time. So that you are a fool in God's eyes. That's the, that's the devil's goal. Listen, he wants to make a fool out of you. He wants to make a fool out of me. He knows what's available to us more than we do. And if we could just understand the, uh, the opportunity, the chance to advance that we have every time the house of God is open, something powerful and miraculous is going to happen. Every time we open up on Mondays for Monday Night Men and Discipleship or Monday Night Prayer or Ladies Bible Study. Every time we open up the doors to Recovery House on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Every time we open up one night of the month in someone's house through small groups. Or on a Wednesday night, thank God you're here. But any time, that's an opportunity, church, to have the power of God do something great in our lives. And yet we run down our list and we... We reprioritize and we put other junk ahead of the opportunity to have God move powerfully in our life. Fantasy football, softball, soccer, ballet, malls, junk. Put junk. It amazes me how, how we'll run to and fro taking our kids to soccer and ballet and basketball and all this five days out of the week. And yet, whoa, to get them into the house of God. Boy, that's a little too much. I already came on Sunday. I already came on Wednesday. I think God's blood is worth more than that. Amen? Listen, especially because the days are evil, the Bible said. Got to make the most of our opportunity, church. 
The days are evil. They're filled with wickedness. They're filled with selfishness. They're filled with unrighteousness. And if there were ever a time to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, it's today. If there were ever a time we needed to put on the full armor of God, it's today. If there were ever a time, church, where we had to make the most of our spiritual opportunities, it's today. Amen? Because if we don't, we'll fall. If we don't, we'll fail. If we don't, the devil will get the best of us, church. I want us to know the reason we do midweek service and all these other things that we have available to you isn't because we don't have anything else to do. I don't have Monday, I don't have Wednesday night service here because I don't have anything else to do. I got as many responsibilities as you do. You understand what I'm saying, church? It's not because I've got to earn my pay. It's not because I just want to take up another night of yours. It's because Sunday morning's not enough to get you through the week. It's because one sermon on Sunday morning's not enough to get you across the battlefield. Because one bullet's not enough in your gun. You need to understand why we have midweek service is to kind of fuel you up halfway through the journey. It's to give you enough power to get you back on Sunday. And listen to me, the people that show up on Wednesday, it's that much easier for them to show up on Sunday. Because the devil's kind of pushed aside a little bit. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I know, listen, I know people have to work. I know that there's some real legitimate reasons why people can't be here. But the reason we have midweek service and Monday night and men's prayer and, and ladies' prayer and all these other things is because Sunday's not enough. Because the days we are in are evil. And we've got to make the most of every opportunity we have, church. I don't believe Sunday is enough to get us through the week. Especially if it's the only time God's people pray. Especially if it's the only time they open up their Bible. Especially if it's the only time they open up their mouth and communicate with God. Especially if it's the only time they say, praise the name of Jesus. Especially if it's the only time they, they give of themselves to God. If that's the only time God's people worship Him, it's not enough. And God says, you're foolish because you think you can make it through the week on one, on one piece of bread. Won't happen. We need it every single day. We need to make the most of every opportunity, church. Listen, yesterday's word isn't enough for tomorrow's trial. Last week's promise isn't enough to get you through next week. My message to you tonight isn't enough, church, to get you through to next month. I'll take a break now. Man, that was a powerful service last night. That'll carry me through for a little while. No, it won't. The devil's going to come at you even harder. After every great success is the weakest moment in your life. You understand what I'm saying? For me, too, I'm the first to admit it. After every great service, the next day is my weakest day. And it's the day the devil comes in and wants to steal everything that the Lord accomplished in my life. How he used me because the devil wants to bruise me. And that's the way he operates. I'll beat you up so you won't do it again. I'll beat you up so you won't go back again. You won't praise again. Won't give again. Won't trust again. Won't hope again. Won't pray again. After every great success is the risk of your greatest failure. And you need to understand that. All of us need to understand that. At every level of our walk with God, church. Listen to me. We have to understand if we don't take advantage of these opportunities, God calls us foolish, church. Every time we come into the house of God, He provides us a setting for success. Listen to me. Sunday morning is not the only opportunity we have here. I've already said it. We have small groups. We have Monday night men where we're teaching men how to be authentic men of God. How to be great fathers. How to overcome some hurdles and obstacles and disappointments. All of these guys are part of that. A lot of the men in our church are part of that. We're learning. I'm learning, church. I'm making the most of my opportunities. We have so many. And, and we cannot think that Sunday is enough. We have to make the most of every opportunity. Look, I'm not saying you have to be here every single night of the week. But listen to me. If you're struggling, you better find every opportunity you can. 
If your marriage is falling apart, you better find every opportunity you can. Listen to me. Softball ain't going to heal your marriage. Ping pong ain't going to make your marriage better. Fantasy football isn't going to make fantasy out of your marriage or or bring peace to your family. I'm not condemning those things. But if those things take priority over your opportunity to meet with God and get with God, something's wrong. You have to understand, we must make the most of those opportunities, church. When someone comes to me for counseling concerning their broken marriage, concerning their fractured family, and I speak for pastor as well because I know he does the same thing. When they come to me to discuss their failing finances, church, when they come to me for guidance or help in any area of their life, the first thing that I do is to see if they're making the most of their opportunities. The first thing I do is say, are you here on Sunday mornings? Are you here on Wednesday nights? The first things I say is you need to come to Monday night men. You need to go to ladies Bible study. We got a recovery group on Thursday. We got a recovery group on Tuesday. You need to get plugged in. We have a small group. We have small groups. Which one are you a part of? And sadly, 95% of the time, the people would rather make excuses than actually an effort to get involved in these things. You see, look, this isn't flesh about to say this, and I'm not saying it out of anger. But I don't want somebody coming and wasting my time in my office when they're not willing to make an effort on their own. You understand what I'm saying? God is waiting for someone to make an effort on their own. You see, I'll spend as much time as I can with you if I know you're spending time on your own. Somebody comes to me and talks all about struggles with pornography or struggles with something. And the first place I direct them are to one of these settings and they never show up. Don't come knocking on my door. I'm not saying that in a mean way. But what I'm saying is God is trying to teach you to make the most of your opportunity. Don't think I'm your Savior. Don't think I'm the one going to make it all right. Step out on your own and make something happen, church. Listen. Before David battled Goliath, the Bible tells us that he reached into the brook and selected five stones for himself, the Bible says. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. He didn't select five stones for King Saul. He was quaking in his, in his boots on the top of the hill. He didn't select five stones for his brothers who were hiding out on the hillside or anyone else in Israel's army. Listen to me. When David walked down to that brook, he selected five stones for himself because he knew he was the one about to face Goliath. He was the one that was looking for victory. He was the one that was able to. He was the one that was ready to do battle. He had to select some stones for himself, the Bible says. He didn't run to Saul and say, hey, Saul, you got five stones for me? He didn't go to his brothers and say, hey, you got some ammunition for me? He prepared himself for battle. Five smooth stones. We run out into the world every single day unprepared. We run out into the world with empty shepherd's pouches and we wonder why Goliath is still in charge. We wonder why Goliath is still causing us to hide in bed and quake and shiver. You understand? We're wondering why for the last 40 days I can't find victory because our pouch is empty. We're waiting for pastor to to run out there and do something. We're waiting for someone else to run out there and do something. We're waiting for a a counselor to wave a magic wand and make everything better. Listen to me, church. It says he selected five smooth stones. Understand this teaching. He didn't just run to the brook in fear and grab the five first stones. You study it. He selected He took the time, the Bible says, to find the right stones. He was he was not about to face Goliath without making the most of his opportunity to walk out of there a victor. He was a, he he made sure he was making the most church taking advantage of his chance to advance. He wanted to make sure that every stone he got was going to fly straight. 
He made sure that every stone he pulled out was going to hit its target. He made sure that the stones that he had were going to do what he sent them sailing to do. And that was to kill Goliath, church. He selected. He took the time. You and I every day need to take the time. We need to make the most of our opportunity to win. We need to make the most of our opportunity to turn our situation around and come out of the valley of Elah a victor. We need to make the most of every opportunity we have to hold the head of our Goliath up high and say, Aha! I'm a victor. You know, but so often, you know, we're so hasty about stuff. Run into church and run out of church without a single smooth stone in our pouch. Worried about all these other things. Listen to me. When you come into the house of God, presence of God, or all these other ministries that I've told you are available to you, those are the smooth stones I'm talking about. Those are the things that you're going to be able to direct towards the enemy, direct towards your heartache, direct towards your lack, direct towards the obstacle, direct towards the giant, direct towards the heartache. And if you don't have the right weapons, if you have been in haste to prepare, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. You'll just be spinning wheels and flicking stones all day. Wonder why they're not going anywhere. Because you've not made the most of your opportunity, church. You know, it's exactly like, you know, if you know what skimming rocks are, you're going to find that nice little flat rock that skims all the way across the lake. You find some raggedy little thing. Not one jump. Doesn't get very far, does it? The reality is the same things with us. If we do not make the most of every opportunity, you're just going to make a big splash. That's it. You're not going to get to the other side. You're not going to skim across the water. You understand what I'm saying? You're not going to walk on water. You're not going to move in faith. If you don't have that, that skipping stone, it defies gravity. I mean, that, that rock should fall right in. If it's not selected properly, if you're not properly prepared... If you're not making the most of your chance to advance, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to make a big splash. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you today, church. The problem is, listen, most of us quit if the first stone doesn't bring down Goliath. You see, Goliath picked five stones, the Bible says. Five stones. And I know a lot of you have heard this. He didn't pick five stones because he thought he was going to miss. He didn't pick five stones, church, because he thought his aim was terrible. He picked five stones because David knew there were other giants that he might have to slay. He picked five stones because he knew as, as soon as I bring this man down, someone else might step up into his place. David actually understood that Goliath had some other brothers that he might have to deal with. I'm going I'm to get these brothers ticked off and I need to be prepared for that. They're going to come to his defense. The other truth is, church, David may have realized that one stone might not be enough. It might hit Goliath. It might go exactly where I wanted it to go, but it might not be enough to bring him down. So he made sure that he had enough to walk away a victor. Five stones. You see, the reality is one stone, like I said, is not enough in life. One piece of bread, one sermon, one prayer, it's not enough. You see, the sad part is, though, that this, the problem is most of us quit if that first stone doesn't bring down Goliath. If that first stone doesn't change our situation. If that first lap around the walls of Jericho don't cause them to come crumbling. If that first prayer doesn't cause rain to come down over our situation. So many of us quit and we give up if that first attempt doesn't do anything. If the first knock brings no answer. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's just not the way it works, church. We need to understand that, that it might take more than one stone. Some people come to council sessions. They'll come once or twice, and then they quit because they don't see enough progress. You know what? It took them two years to get in that mess. I can't get them out in two weeks. Pastor preaches it all the time. You know, you spend two years living the way that you want, and you expect God to fix it all in one day. In one prayer. It doesn't work that way, church. We need to continue to make the most of every opportunity we have. The saddest part about this whole thing is some people in the house of God are too lazy to even swing the sling. I'll go pick up some stones. But here, pastor, you throw it. Here, elder, 
you throw it. Here, you, you go out into the valley of Elon. You do it for me. No, it doesn't work that way. I hope you understand what I'm saying. That if you're going to go pick up some stones, you better be willing to put it in the sling. And you better be prepared to swing the sling. Because it's your victory, not mine. It's your giant, not mine. Yeah, I'll pray with you. Yeah, I'll cheer you on. Yeah, I'll be your supporter. Yeah, I'll do everything I can to maybe equip you and prepare you and build you up. But you've got to march into that valley all on your own. And you've got to swing that sling. Victory will be yours, church. Listen, why do you think I encourage you to read and study and pray every day? To come to the house of God and on Sunday and Wednesday and Monday night men and ladies Bible study and all these other opportunities that we have available to you, church. It's, I, I do all of those things because we need more than one stone in our pouch. Because one stone's not going to get you through your entire Christian life. Because the devil does not take vacation. Because the days are evil and the devil's out to get you, church. Because the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And the reality is we have to be ready, church. We have to make the most of every opportunity. We need to make sure that we are read up. We need to make sure we're prayed up. We need to make sure we're churched up. We need to make sure we're ammoed up. We need to make sure we have everything we need to, to win the, the battle that we're facing. Listen, the, the chances are that the devil's going to come after you when you're out of ammunition. The chances are the devil's going to come after you when your sling is empty and when your shepherd's pouch has, has no power inside of it. You understand what I'm saying? He's going to come after you when you're not prayed up, when you're not read up, when you're not churched up. He's going to come after you after you've skipped a couple Sundays and, and laid out on a couple Wednesdays and, and forsook a couple Mondays. That's when he's going to come after you. Listen, you see it all the time on movies and TV. When there's a fight between the good guy and the bad guy... The bad guy just waits for the good guy to run out of ammo. And as soon as he's out, they encircle him and they come after him. I don't know why it always is. The good guy's got a little seven-shooter and the, and the bad guy's got, you know, semi-automatic weapons and Uzis and all that. But that's a reflection of the devil. Listen, he don't come after you with a pop gun or a squirt gun. He comes after you with everything that he's got. And you better, listen to me, you better make sure you got more ammunition than the devil does. Because he's going to sit around and wait for you to run out. And then he's going to swoop in on you. It's why we must make the most of every opportunity. It's why we got to select for ourselves those five smooth stones and make sure that every day our pouch is full. Because you never know when you're going to have to use it. You never know when you're going to have a giant that you have to face in your life. Listen, David said God's mercies are new every morning because we need them every morning. We need them every morning. Sadly, those mercies go to waste. Sadly, those graces go to waste. Sadly, those opportunities and those chances to advance go to waste among God's people every single day because we've got other priorities and we've got other issues and we've got other commitments and we've got other concerns and we've got other pleasures and we've got other ideas and we've got other motives and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And yet we wonder why everything in our life is falling apart because our priorities, church, aren't straight. Because we are filling our pouch with powerless possessions instead of with the power of God. And we need to make sure we make the most of every opportunity to be equipped and be empowered to face this world. Listen, every day we have an opportunity to break bread with our Savior. Break bread with our Savior. Every single day we have an opportunity to walk with Him and talk with Him along life's narrow way. Hope you understand what that means. Life's narrow way means the tight times of life, the difficult times of life, the lonely times of life, the bitter and sad and sorrowful times of life. But every single day in the midst of it, we have an opportunity to walk with him and talk with him along those narrow ways, church. And we've got to take advantage of those opportunities. Every day we have an opportunity to turn to him and cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Every single day, every single moment, we have an opportunity, church, 
to come boldly before the throne room of grace so that we might find help in our time of need. And yet we let those opportunities slip us by every single day. We let fear rule us. We let anxiety rule us. We let frustration rule us. Listen, when you're at work, I used to be in the secular business. I know the kind of junk that goes on out there. And we have to learn that in the middle of one of our worst days, in the middle of one of the days where our boss just seems to have risen right up out of hell, we need to understand that we have an opportunity there, church, to find the grace, the goodness, the patience, the meekness, Everything God has to offer for us. There's an opportunity even in the midst of that. And we need to take that opportunity, church. Every morning, we have an opportunity to fellowship with God. Every morning, like David, we have an opportunity to direct our prayers unto Him and look up. The devil wants you to go through your life looking down. The devil wants you to go through life looking low, but God has come so that you might look up. So that you might be able to look above and live above and think above and move above and operate above and praise above all of these low living problems that we have in life. I promise you when you make the most of your opportunities, all of these low things in life, they're not going to have any power over you. Not going to have any power over you. When all hell seems to have broken loose in your life, you're weighed down as heavy as you've ever been in your life. When Sunday morning comes around and you have an opportunity to come into the house of God, you have an opportunity to overcome all of that. You have an opportunity to just walk above all of those things that have come against you during the week. But sadly, some people say, man, I'm just so down. I'm just so blue. I don't think I can hardly get up. I think I'll sleep in today. My, my week has been so horrible. I think I deserve a little day of rest. Listen, that's not going to get you through your obstacle. That's not going to get you over your mountain. That's not going to get you past the valley of Elah. It's not. You think David slayed his giant in bed? No, he didn't. He was the only one that was willing to walk out in the middle of that field collect his stones, and he's the only one that walked away with victory. And everybody else cheered him on. And this is what we need to learn, church. Every time David had an opportunity to taste of the Lord, he took it. Every time he had an opportunity or a favorable occasion to seek the Lord for success, he took it. And we've been, we've been given those opportunities every single day. We've been given that opportunity tonight, church, and we need to learn to take advantage of it. I'm going to begin to wrap this down. David said in Psalm 27, 4, One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek. One thing, David said, one thing of all of my priorities, of all of my desires, of all of my hopes, of all of my dreams, of, of every single thing that I could hope for, if I could ask for one thing, if I could rub that little genie's bottle and get one wish... This is what I would ask for. He said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I might dwell upon the beauty of the Lord and that I might seek him in his temple. Of everything David could have asked for, church, every, anything he could have asked for, he sought one thing. And that was to come into the presence of God. Why? Because David knew what opportunities were afforded him in the presence of God. David understood what power was available to him in the presence of God. David understood what victory would be his in the presence of God. And I'm going to skip over a couple things and bring this to a close with this. In 2 Samuel 15, David finds himself with his whole kingdom about to fall apart. David's daughter was raped by David's son, Amnon. His other son, Absalom, kills Amnon because of the incest and because of the rape. Absalom is sent out of the city. He's expelled from David's kingdom. He grows resentful towards his father. Can't stand his dad for what his dad did. And he begins to rally against David. He begins to try to infiltrate David's ranks and begin to pull all of David's people away uh, from him, build his own army. 
And this is exactly what's going on in this passage of Scripture. David's on the run from his son Absalom. All hell is breaking loose in his life. Everything seems like it's falling apart. His own son is wanting to destroy him. Most of the people that once rah-rahed David and marched with David and fought with David have left sides and they've, they've turned code and ran. And in the middle of this situation that David finds himself, he seeks a chance to advance. He seeks for that opportunity to have his whole life turned around. And the Bible says that he begins to climb up some mountain to the place where people prayed. He begins to climb up the Mount of Olives where people go to worship, the Bible says. He's climbing and his kingdom is falling apart. Because David realizes, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm still going to make the most of my opportunity to let God come in and turn things around. And I'm just paraphrasing here to let you know what happens. As David's halfway up the hill, like the devil will do with you, news goes from bad to worse. Ahithophel, which is his number one military advisor, knows every move that David makes, knows every one of David's strategies, knows every one of David's battle plans. He, David, gets news that Ahithophel has now changed sides. And he's gone to the other side to fight against David. What did David do? Did he give up? Did he curse God? Did he walk away? Did he quit? No, the Bible says he kept on climbing. The Bible said he kept pressing on because he believed that there was an opportunity there for God to do something great. And the Bible says when he gets to the very top of the mountain where people pray... He begins to pray and he says, Oh Lord, let Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice. This is what he's praying before he gets to the top. Let, let Ahithophel give Absalom foolish advice because David made the most of his opportunity. And the Bible says in verse 32, as he reached the spot at the top of the Mount of Olives where people prayed, where other people went to make the most of their opportunity, where they took advantage of their chance to advance church, it says there David David found Hushai, the archite, waiting for him. Hushai was David's number two military advisor, waiting for David's command, waiting to find out, what do you want me to do, David? Make a long story short, he used Hushai to go into the enemy's camp to pretend that he changed sides and brought confusion to the camp. And from that moment on, Because David made the most of his opportunity in that place where people worship God. The whole situation began to turn around. Absalom's rule comes to an end. And David rises again to a place of prominence. Amen. Why? Because David made the most of his opportunity. He took advantage of his chance to advance. He didn't rump, grumble. He didn't complain. He didn't, he didn't quit and give up on God. He found the opportunity that he needed. And he took advantage of it. Listen to me. Tonight, every one of you have an opportunity to change your situation. I don't care how dark your situation is. I don't care how desperate your situation is. I don't care how broken your marriage is or family is or finances are. Every one of you have an opportunity tonight. You have a chance to advance and turn the situation of your life around. If you're here tonight and you say, God, I need that opportunity. I want you to stand to your feet. God, I need that chance. I want you to stand to your feet. If you're here tonight and you say, yes, God, like David, I need a, I need a, 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 an ordained situation to have my life turned around. This is what we're going to pray tonight because God is making it available to you. Listen, my prayer is good. I, I'm going to pray my prayer. But this is your opportunity to find your five smooth stones. This is the opportunity to gather up the ammunition you need. This is your opportunity to fill your pouch before you go back out the door this evening to face the obstacles and face the giants so that you can find victory. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity that you have given us this evening. 
We thank you, Father God, for the ordained moment you have given us tonight to better equip ourselves to be victors. To be the head and not the tail, the above and not the beneath. To be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ the Lord. We thank you for the opportunity we have been given this night, church, our our God, to, to advance in our relationship with you. To advance in our fellowship with you and our walk with you. To be built up in the most high faith. I thank you, God, for the opportunity you've given us to call on you tonight. To surrender ourselves to you. To consecrate ourselves to you. To turn to you. To cast our cares on you. And that list could go on and on and on. God, you know every need that's represented in this place tonight. And I pray, God, that over the next just moment or two, that everyone in this house, God, would take the time to find their five smooth stones. I pray, God, that they would take this time now to fill up their shepherd's pouch, oh God, with the power of God in and over their lives. Help us to never be, Father God, afraid to sling the swing. Or swing the sling. Help us to never be afraid, Father God, to walk into that valley all alone. Help us to not be afraid to face our giants. Help us to not be haphazard and just grab at the weapons that you've made available to us. But take the time, God, to properly equip ourselves for victory. I pray, God, that you would build us up in the most high faith this evening. Help us to realize, God, that every single morning, every single moment, you are giving us a chance to advance. I pray that every one of these words, God would find a place in the soil of your people's soul. So, Father God, that it would be a constant reminder to them to not slack off, to not slumber, to not be unprepared, to not be uh, 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 not alert, Father God. Help us to be everything you've called us to be by taking advantage of every opportunity you are giving us to advance, Father God. We praise you for your power. We praise you for your word. We praise you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have given us everything we need pertaining to life and righteousness. And we have no excuse. Help us, therefore, to be wise this evening and not fools. Understanding that the days are evil and we need every weapon we can, Father God, to be victors. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Can we bless the Lord, church? Amen. Thank God for His Word. If you have a special need, be happy to tarry with you, pray with you. But otherwise, take advantage of your chance to advance this week. In Jesus' name, Amen.